Thanks for joining us for the special Mideast Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Nobody wants to see the people they love hurting. Why would we assume that God's any different? Pastor J.D. reminds us today that God hates to see His children in pain. We must stand on His promises. There's no need to be anxious or fearful because God takes care of the flowers in the field. And He cares for you so much more. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on August 1st, 2021. I want to uh, bring up the Red Sea experience. I think there's a, another takeaway here from that experience. So you've got the Israelites, right? They have just been delivered miraculously, times 10, out of slavery in Egypt. And that 10th plague was particularly intense because it involved the death of the firstborn son unless you had the blood of an innocent lamb found to be without spot or blemish after inspecting it for four days, the number of days that Jesus, the Lamb of God, the Passover lamb, was on trial and found to be without sin, without blemish. And then the Israelites were told to slay that lamb at a particular and specific hour and time, which was the exact hour and time that Jesus was crucified. And they were to take the blood of that lamb and they were to put it on the doorposts of their house. And they would put it on the top. There was a basin down below and on each side in the shape of a cross, by the way. So that when the angel of death came, it would pass over them. Why? Because they had the blood of the lamb. You see that picture? You see that prophecy? You connect those dots, right? Now they have just experienced that, and all of the other things that God did prior, all of the nine plagues, they saw that, they witnessed that. And then here's the tenth plague, and then they are able to leave the slavery there in Egypt, because God delivered them out of Egypt. And I mean they're rejoicing and praising God, and oh, it's easy to praise God after. And then all of a sudden they find themselves at this place called the Red Sea. Not the Reed Sea. I love it when, you know, these so-called experts, Bible critics, say, well, that was a phenomenon known in that day and at that time and in that area where high winds would come up. It's very shallow there. There's a land crossing. And that's how they were able to cross. There's no miracle here. To which I would say, really? That's even a bigger miracle. 
because we're told that God drowned the Egyptians in that shallow water you were saying wasn't a miracle. I love it when God does that that way, so there's no mistaking. So here they are, they have just been delivered out of Egypt, and now they come to the Red Sea. And what do they do? Don't be too hard on them, because they did what you and I would do if we were there. I think it's so easy for us to think and fancy ourselves as, oh, I would never do that, man. If I was delivered out of slavery in Egypt, the way God delivered them, and I got to the Red Sea, I wouldn't complain and murmur. Oh, yes, you would. You'd be right at the front of the line behind me, because I'd be right there. (laughs) The murmuring and the complaining is like this. Oh, were there not enough graves in Egypt that God had to bring us out here to kill us? (laughs) Now at that point, if I'm God, and this is just the beginning by the way, well that's why I'm not God, I'm not even going to bother, because I would have just said, okay, have it your way. You really think of me like that? That I would go through all that, deliver you, and then kill you? You really think that? Apparently they did. So God says to Moses, I want you to take your rod, and I'm going to part this Red Sea, and there's going to be walls on each side, and there's going to be dry ground. And if I'm one of the Israelites, I'm thinking to myself, I think God wants us to go this way. This is pretty clear. I call it Red Sea clear. Because see, the problem is I got the Egyptians right behind me, and God is keeping them away by way of a pillar of fire. And I got the Red Sea in front of me, and I'm looking at this situation, this scenario, and I don't know what to do, because this way I'm killed by the Egyptians. This way I'm drowned in the Red Sea. Well, maybe God has a different way. What a novel idea. God's ways are not our ways. I mean, here we are thinking it's got to be either or, and God's like, how about neither? (laughs) Ah, Lord, open this door. I don't want to use a door. I want to use a window. In fact, I don't even need a window. I'll come through a wall if I want. So they walk across dry ground, and the Egyptians in hot pursuit, once every Israelite had crossed, and then he brings the water down and he drowns them. Now they're on the other side of the Red Sea, having just witnessed yet another miracle to add to their miracles. And now they start singing, oh, praise the Lord. Oh, you weren't saying that on the other side. You were accusing him of wanting to kill you. You weren't singing then. Oh, it's easy to sing on the other side. You know, a while back I heard a teaching titled, Right Song, Wrong Side, that speaks to this. Oh, they were singing the right song, praising the Lord, but they sang that song on the wrong side of that trial, that Red Sea before them. Not here. They're singing the right song on the right side. See, we can sing and praise the Lord 
after He delivers us, sometimes in a miraculous way. I get that. I've been on the receiving end of that so many times, and I praise the Lord. But those praising of the Lord times are more out of relief than they are faith. And as we're going to see in Hebrews, (laughs) without faith it is impossible to please God. That means that with faith it is possible to please God. I don't think there's a one of us here that doesn't want to please God. I want to please God. How do I please God? Oh, faith. Throughout the gospel so many times there is this emphasis in the record, in the account, that Jesus takes notice of someone who has faith. I mean, He stops everything and points it out. I've never seen faith like this in all of Israel. And the healing would take place, the deliverance would take place, the miracle would take place. Here's the point. You're in a situation right now, you've got the Egyptians behind you, you've got the Red Sea in front of you. No, God did not bring you here to kill you. There were plenty of graves in Egypt, by the way, just so you know. Egypt, a type of the world, incidentally. God has delivered you out of the world, slavery to sin, and you are free in Christ. And whom the Son sets free is free indeed. But now you got some uh, trials, you got some battles, you got a situation that's looking pretty threatening. (laughs) What are you going to do? May I humbly suggest that you begin to praise the Lord in advance. Now, this is one of those times where I can hear the voice, not from you, just actually my wife. Preacher, practice what you preach. (laughs) Okay, I've done this. I tried this. I was facing a very difficult situation that by any stretch of the imagination was absolutely impossible. And I honestly did not know how God was going to do it. And I even took the liberty of instructing God, giving Him some suggestions and ideas on how He should resolve the situation. Do you do that? It's called directional prayers. When you pray and you give God directions on how to answer the prayer. Thankfully He doesn't take my instructions, because His ways are so much better. So here I am facing this situation, and I just said, okay Lord, I don't know how you're going to do it. By the way, I didn't sing it. That would be horrible. So, you know, but I was praising Him. And I said, thank you Lord. I praise you Lord in advance for what you're going to do. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you because you know what to do. And I don't know what you're going to do or how you're going to do it or when you're going to do it. Right now would be good. Please don't take too long. Something about that 11th hour that God seems to be attracted to. You're like, man, I'm, I'm just barely keeping my head above water. It's like the Lord saying, well, I want to do a miracle. I want you to breathe underwater. How about that? 
And I just started praising Him. And you know, the most interesting thing happened. I began to change from the inside out. And I did, I did this, and I know there are people who might think this is, I try to do it when I'm by myself, but I do it out loud. You know, if you're in the car and you're, you know, talking to the Lord, and you pull up to a stoplight, people are going to think, you know, you're one of them. <laughs> Look at this guy, he's talking to himself, he shouldn't be on the road. No, I'm talking to the Lord, man. And I do it audibly, audibly. I praise you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I know the victory is mine. The battle is yours. And I thank you so much, Lord, for what you're going to do. And I can't wait to see how you're going to do this, because this is, this is going to be good. This is going to be good. And that's when he responds with, okay, watch me now. And he does it. He does it. It's kind of interesting, because when he does it, even after he does it, you're like, I can't believe he did that. <laughs> it's kind of like, what is this, reverse unfaith? You had the faith before, and then I did it, and it's like, this is, I can't believe it. Really? This is a miracle. I know. This was impossible. I know I'm the God of the impossible. Okay, pastor, where are you going with this? Well, I wanted to start out this way because of the similarities between what they faced then and what we're facing now. And like with them then, so too can we now turn our eyes on the Lord, cry out to the Lord, and in advance praise and thank the Lord this side of the Red Sea that you're facing. If and when we do this, the Lord will hearken unto the voice of our cry. He will be with us. This is His promise to us, as we take our position and stand firm, we can face tomorrow. Do not worry about tomorrow, Jesus said. Sufficient unto the day are the worries therein. I wish he didn't say it like that. Some of the translations render it like that, because especially for worriers, and you know who you are, you know, do not worry about tomorrow. I wish he would have stopped right there. I wish there was a period, but there's not. It's like a comma, because tomorrow's got enough worries to worry about. They'll be there for you tomorrow. I'm like, I, I was okay when you said don't worry about tomorrow, but now you just got done telling me that tomorrow my worries will be waiting for me when I wake up. Yeah. I love how one said it. Today is the tomorrow that you worried about yesterday. I'll give you some time. I know it's early. Today is the tomorrow that you worried about yesterday. See, I told you I had a PhD in worry. I know what I'm talking about. I'm a professional man. I was so good at worrying. If I ran out of things to worry about, I would ask you if there was something I could worry about for you. It's been said that worry is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but you don't get anywhere. It accomplishes absolutely nothing. And that's what Jesus said in Matthew 6. How are you going to add a cubit to your stature or any more hair to your head? <laughs> Never mind on that one, but by worrying. 
it's not going to accomplish anything. In fact, not only will it not accomplish anything, it can have a very destructive effect physiologically. Research has shown that it affects your digestive system, your teeth, your your hair. <laughs> that explains it right there, yeah. <laughs> Certainly your cardiovascular system, nervous system. When we praise the Lord and look to the Lord and cry out to the Lord, what will ensue is what always ensues. The anxiety and fear will be replaced with a peace that surpasses all understanding. We're going to talk a little bit more about this peace in our study in Hebrews chapter 7 today, but I want to draw your attention to Philippians chapter 4, two verses, verses 6 and 7. The Apostle Paul is writing, and I'm going to paraphrase it. You know this verse well. He basically says, Here's how to worry about no thing. Pray about everything, and thank God for anything. That's how you'll worry about no thing, because when you do that, the peace of God, which transcends human understanding, kind of goes over your head, that supernatural peace, that surpasses human understanding, and it will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. See, there's a dynamic that takes place. This is how God designed us, by the way. He made us this way. I always get a kick out of when secular scientists and researchers spend all of this money on research and say, you know, people who meditate don't have as much stress. I'm like, Dude, that's Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Get your own material, man. How many millions of dollars you spent on that research? It's right here. Laughter's medicine. People who laugh are healthier. Oh, dude, that's Proverbs. Stop already. See, God knows that we're all prone to this. And as our loving Heavenly Father, He he doesn't want us to live like this because of who He is. Again, Jesus in Matthew 6, and I don't want to take too much more time on this. i got more i got to get to. But He said, you know, you're created in God's image, and you have a Father in Heaven who loves you, a Father in Heaven that will feed the birds and clothe these flowers that were not made in His image. Why are you worrying so much? You have a Father that will take care of you. He loves you. How about you as a parent or even a grandparent? Do you want to see your kids or grandkids live like that? Could you imagine, I know again it's a, just an illustration, if you've got a better one, I'm very open to it. I'm just thinking to myself, if When my children were little, I can't even imagine what it would be like for them to come home after school one day, just, I mean, biting their nails down to the the nubs, looking at me with just a look of stress and fear and anxiety and worry. Baba, are we going to be able to pay this month's rent? 
I can't sleep. I can't think. I can't concentrate. I can't do my schoolwork, my homework. I'm, I'm so worried. I want my child to live like that. No. <laughs> I'm going to provide for you. How much more our Heavenly Father? Well, this brings me to what I wanted to share with you. It's kind of preemptive in a way. We need to stand on the promises of God and in advance lift up our praises to God if we're to have any hope with the days that lie ahead with what's coming. So I usually start on Tuesday preparing the prophecy update. Uh, Wednesday I have a better idea of what direction I'm going, and I try to finish a first draft, then I end up revising. It takes about four days to do one prophecy update now, with everything that's happening as fast as it's happening. So, um, you know, Mondays are usually the midweek, we're in the book of Isaiah, and then Tuesday mornings are the uh, prep for the Hebrews teaching, second service on Sunday, and then usually the rest of the week is devoted to the prophecy update. So I, you know, go through the news feed, see what's going on. And I started doing what I usually do, and I was just stopped dead in my tracks, because there was no way. I thought, well, maybe I'll, I'll quote this, refer to that, link to that, and, you know, get here. And it was like, man, if you do that, it will take you till next Tuesday. <laughs> because there's just that much. So, just the headlines tell the story. So I want to just share with you just the headlines from just the last few days this last week. DOJ declares vaccine mandates legal. The floodgates have opened for vaccine mandates. A tipping point government officials, health groups, move to require coronavirus vaccines for workers. de Blasio proclaims voluntary phase is over on COVID-19 vaccines. NYC Mayor de Blasio pushes for vaccine mandates. We have to put pressure on this situation. CNN's Le Monde unvaccinated should not be allowed in supermarkets, ball games, or work. Behar, next step is threats for unvaccinated. They are taking away my freedom to not get sick. Vaccine passports and health social security score, did you catch that? A slippery slope to tyranny, says Baker. Montclair City employees who go maskless will have to wear stickers declaring vaccination. Is it going to be on the arm? Is it going to be yellow? Leading medical groups urge mandatory vaccinations for all health care workers. VA issues vaccine mandate for health care workers, a first for a federal agency. Jesus is returning. 
This fact is one we can get excited about, despite any circumstances we find ourselves in. Jesus will return one day to rid this earth of every evil thing that's destroying it. He'll once and for all take down the enemy and establish his kingdom in our midst. How soon will this amazing event occur? The Bible tells us that no one knows the exact date, but it does give us clues about events that will take place as it nears. This is why Pastor J.D. has created these Mideast Bible Prophecy Updates. The Mideast Bible Prophecy Update is a focused look at current events through the lens of prophecy. The Bible has given us clear indicators of what's to come, and we can see many of these events happening all around the world today. Join us each week for an in-depth look at what the Bible has to say about current events on these Mideast Bible Prophecy Updates. The latest updates are available on the In Spirit and Truth YouTube channel, and you'll find a link to our page by visiting InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. You can also access these teachings through our mobile app for Apple and Android devices. Just search for In Spirit and Truth in your app store or follow the links provided at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. With this app, you can take the Mideast Bible prophecy updates with you wherever you go, as well as give you access to many other teachings Pastor J.D. has shared from the pages of Scripture. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope you'll join us again right here on In Spirit and Truth.